What is going on, everybody? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> I think we said that on the last one. Did I? Yeah. Was, exact it, same. was it even Christmas time? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> It'd be weird if it wasn't Christmas and you said Feliz Navidad, but yeah. Hey, it's it's been a minute, but we are provoked, and uh, it's good to see you. I don't think we've been, we filmed for what? Yeah, a couple a months. While. Yeah, I mean, we have separately. I recorded with Rachel Zwayne, and you recorded with Scott Horde, but we haven't been in the studio together in months. So, hi guys! It's nice to be back again, and we hope that um, you're you are all. Ugh, I can't even speak. See, once you get out of the studio <laughs> and don't do it for a while. Anyways, we hope that you guys are blessed, and um, the purpose of provoked is to uh, what equip the church to go out and preach the gospel, rescue babies, destroy cultural idols, right? Yeah, defend I, the faith. Defend the faith. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we should do a, maybe a little recap of who we are for our new listeners. We haven't been on like for a while, so. Yeah, let's do it. I was gonna do it. I'm glad you filled the little dead space because uh -huh. I had like robotic music. Oh, going perfect. <laughs> and we hope that you enjoyed that track if you heard it. That's yeah, that was really called cool. called Eternity. It was cool. A guy um, sent it to me through Facebook. Mm -hmm. And like I was telling Oscar, Sometimes you get some crazy music. <laughs> that was a that, that was, was a pretty dope. That was solid. Yeah, yeah the really lyrics good. are so good. It's just yeah. so good to have such reformed um, lyrics. Yeah, but you does. That's Oscar Dunlap awesome. over here. This is Matt De Jesus. He works for us at the studio. He mm -hmm. made our intro. I did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, guess what? And so I go to Louisiana, um, and they're like, "Hey, watch your show." We're like, "Oh, that's cool." And he he has this, he said. Don't tell me the other podcast, but your opening is the best. <laughs> right on. Yeah. yeah. All right. And that's because Fantastic. of your good work. So well, praise God. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we could speak a little bit about who we are. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. I mean, people are probably bored of that, but just a little <laughs> yeah. recap. You know, we're middle-aged siblings that uh, <laughs> love the Lord and, you know, just want to encourage the church to uh, do what we already talked about, preach the gospel, uh, rescue babies, 
defend the faith, destroy cultural idols, and just really, you know, hoping to encourage you to just just speak up in the everyday. It doesn't have to be some big event, uh, although if you do outreach events, that's awesome too. But, you know, I think Ray Comfort said, God forbid uh, someone knows me for more than 40 seconds without me talking Ooh. about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So, and you know, he's got a, uh, I don't know, does he still do that to where if you find him without a track, you get a thousand bucks, something like that. Whoa. Have you heard yeah. of that? Yeah. I don't no. know if it was a thousand. Was it, it was a thousand dollars. That is serious. Yeah. Wow. And so yeah. one time he was at a party and somebody pushed him in the pool. Oh yeah. Cause he had his, you know, tight, right. uh, bathing suit on yeah. he had a track in his bathing suit yeah. he, he brought it out of the water he's like all wet he said yeah, all wet. So. that's awesome that's crazy commitment right there. yeah just like you said it's nothing you know conceptually hard to grasp we're just christians doing what christians should be doing according mm-hmm. to the commands of christ right i don't sure. it's not really hard to wrap your mind around but uh what we want to see and what we want to do as a podcast is just help our uh, christian brethren evangelize which you guys want to do which we'll get into in just a few minutes but we picked provoked and we had thought about the title and a name for the podcast over and over. We had mm-hmm. thought about like school crushers or. Nope, that wasn't on the table. <laughs> what were some of the names? <laughs> Idol Smash. Yeah, that was one of them. And, uh, um, serrated Edge. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, oh, the. Or Serrated or something. The, the Woodshed. Oh, yeah. The Woodshed uh-huh. was one. What and was then, the other one? And we were like, oh, there was another one that sounded good too, but then we decided it was. Slime Master? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slime Master. <laughs> no. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I but... can't remember. But, and then Don says, what about Provoked? Mm-hmm. And he was reading Acts chapter 17. He was listening this... to Pastor Jeff's sermon at ReformCon wow. on yeah. Acts chapter 17. Yeah. And, he, and said... he says next to me, what about Provoked? And then I just smacked him and was like, that's it. No, I was like, that is awesome. Yeah, I just smacked him right across the face with excitement. That's what she does when she's excited. She I'll just stand far away. She just hurts Arms people. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's a true story, except for the smacking part. Um, no, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool because Paul saw all the idol- idols. And I think as Christians, we like to bemoan like the state of our nation. We could like tell you all day what's wrong with it. But it says he was provoked in his spirit. And what did he do? He confronted the situation with a gospel. He went in discussion. He went into apologetics. He just confronted his situation and his you know, circumstance within the nation of Israel at the time with the gospel. And that's pretty much all that we want to do. Right. And saying that the answer lies with the power of the gospel. It's the gospel that changed hearts. It's the redeeming power of the gospel. And so we want to get it out. And only the church can wield the gospel. Right. It's this redeeming, um, all-encompassing effects of the gospel cannot be done through anybody but the church. And so it's not a plan B. It's not as if God's going to accomplish it a different way. It's our duty to get the gospel out. And that's what we want to do yeah. uh, with this podcast. Just to let everybody know that we're not anybody special, but we want to take the ordinary person, the ordinary Christian. It's the best thing to hear. You know what I like? We have a couple times now. I, I watched your show and now I'm ministering to my mother or yeah. I'm sharing the awesome. faith at with my friends or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, So my name's Desi, Desi Mays. I'm um, a wife of 15 years to Dawn. I have three kiddos at home, Liam, Ember, and Knox. And yeah, uh, I've been a Christian since about 2009, 2010. Um, And the Lord has just given me and my husband a burden for the lost. And uh, we went through a period of going to like a mega church and getting really discouraged because the thought of doing public evangelism was just like, you're a freak for wanting just to talk to people. (laughs) Not a freak, but just like, it was just so foreign because of a lot of what the American evangelical church teaches now, which is just, you know, you invite people to church, you, uh, you know, make sure you got good coffee there. They hear an inspirational message and that's it. You don't really tell people, Hey, you've sinned against a holy God. You're dead in your sins, and Jesus is calling you to repent and believe in him and follow him and die. Um, that message isn't too popular right now. Right. <laughs> so, right. um, but over the years, God has been so gracious to bring you know faithful laborers into our life to encourage us. And so now all we want to do is just tell as many people as we can about Jesus and encourage other Christians to do the same. Gospel proclamation should be like drinking water for the Christian, right? Yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is if you make it, especially in a church where the pastors lead from the front, you make it just normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the generation that follows you, it's not some big thing. Right. You mm-hmm. know, like I was explaining at the day of conference, they were asking, what was the, when was the first time you went to an abortion mill to you know, preach the gospel and rescue babies? I said, 
how was that like? And I'm like, well, I drove around it like seven times. I was sweating bullets and I went away from it because I really didn't have any leaders at that time mm. to go with me to say, hey, this is how you do it. But mm. then you see in like juxtaposed to that is our kids yeah. who have no problem. Like they will fight to go to the mill, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Uh, they have no problem with fear because they know mm. dad is there. Their pastor is there. Um, so it's just as we get out in the front and we're leading and helping and we're not replacing the local church, of course, as a podcast, right. we're here underneath the accountability of it, supporting it. Mm-hmm. But as you lead and help and equip, it uh, mitigates the fear and it just, it, uh, it normalizes it, right? Yeah, it normalizes just, it. I think That's the more you're like yeah. intaking it, I like, uh, what living waters does, you know, that it just showing by example, and so does Apology Studios. Pastor Jeff does this all the time and going out and just uh, interacting with people and you hear the conversations and you go, this isn't rocket science. You right. know, like I can share the gospel with somebody. <laughs> so that's what we hope to do. Yeah, right? you that's know? all we're about. You're Who are you? Oh, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am Zach Morgan. And I'm a father of seven and uh, God saved me when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a fun roller coaster ride. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for early on, I knew I was called to be a pastor and I knew I was called to evangelize. And I was kind of in a weird church situation where they were doing cartwheels down the <laughs> center with banners <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, jumping off the stereo. That was just me. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't at that church. <laughs> um, but within two weeks, I knew, I didn't even know what it, I had no spiritual background. I had no training whatsoever and mm-hmm. nobody, but I'm like, I'm, I think I, I got within two weeks of being saved, I need to be a pastor and I should be out sharing the gospel. And so it's just been a journey in different church situations, trying to do that, learning from, you know, where it went kind of wrong. And that was, uh, uh, suppressed, you know, and we could talk a little bit more about that, but here I am pastor, one of the pastors of apology at church, mm-hmm. just trying to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Yeah. So what are we going to do today? Well, we brought these two guys in, they're apologians and, um, good friends. Yep. Oscar Dunlap is a deacon mm-hmm. and, uh, Matthew De Jesus is a veteran, uh, evangelist. So mm-hmm. why don't you each kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and then I want to hear about what you guys are doing. Okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll start. <laughs> um, well, I've been a, a believer for many years. I, you know, 10 years old, baptized, mm-hmm. you know, came to a public profession of faith at that point. Didn't know exactly what I was doing though, you know, right. and then went to several different uh, churches from that point. My parents weren't Christian. My mom was Jewish, my father Catholic, mm-hmm. and then eventually my brother became Mormon. Oh, wow. So we got a mixed bag of nuts, basically, (laughs) and I'm a Christian. (laughs) So uh, I knew just enough uh, about Christianity and Mormonism to know it was wrong. And so that caused a lot of fights in my family. Even my family, my parents kind of ostracized me a little bit because Mm. I was seemingly attacking my brother. And we almost came to blows a couple of times, too. So that's not the way to evangelize. (laughs) So you keep on telling Oscar that, but you know. (laughs) The family's kind of like that, too. (laughs) But uh, eventually, you know, praise God, he he brought me to a a mega church where Dr. James White went. We went there at the same time. Oh, wow. And uh, we knew each other. We, you know, we were friends back then. I went as part of, not part, but I joined in on Alpha Mega Ministry uh, outreaches. And that was when the fire was lit really in going out and evangelizing, mm-hmm. going to Mormon events, going to the I know general conference up in Salt Lake and all that and nice. with, with him. And so that lit the fire. And then I was handing out tracks everywhere and going all over the place. And, but wasn't preaching yet until later on, but, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, felt the call to go ahead and open my mouth, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just hand out tracks or I was actually videotaping because my, my business also is video production. Mm-hmm. That's a major part. And so, I went ahead and uh, I was a, a friend of uh, Tony Miano, which I think we all know, mm-hmm. we all know. And he, uh, he wound up leaving California, going to another state. And uh, what wound up happening is I was working with him on several videos and that kind of left that void where I didn't have a preacher to follow along, oh, yeah. you know, to do his videos. Sure. So I just felt that tap on my shoulder, like, you know, Matt, you can open your mouth too. Oh, right. You know, yeah. and the first time I went out and preached was the first Fridays, two hours straight. Wow. And so I did, I thought it felt like a half hour, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that was, I was just, this is it. <laughs> yeah. This is it. I knew it was the greatest thing that we could do to help bring people into the kingdom. 
Right. The greatest work that we could do. Yeah, and for those who are listening that don't know what First Friday is, it's an basically an art venue. Yes. in downtown Phoenix, and there's just a ton of foot traffic. Mm-hmm. Lots of About uh, twenty thousand people show yeah, up. Lots of colorful characters and. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good venue though because people yeah. are doing poetry. Mm-hmm. And it's just a perfect. Mm-hmm. I always see a guy on a um, hoverboard that has like a, a magic carpet. Have you seen that guy come <laughs> yes. by? Yeah, he's yep. <laughs> every time we've gone out. Yep. My Liam's always like excited to see that guy. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you guys went, carry on. Not to throw you throw a wrench in it, but you mm. guys went last Friday, right? Yes. How are the crowds like post COVID? It it's packed. Yeah, same. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, that's the good. only thing that's different is there's not as much police presence there, like they were having barricades and things like that. Mm-hmm. But now it's just as many people. I nice. mean, it's amazing. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah, because it really really died off there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So. All right. So, as you stated before, I'm Oscar. Um, I am married. I have a beautiful wife named Teresa. I have three kids going on four. Um, I have an interesting story that I shared uh, on another podcast um, where I've, I was lost in a, in a false understanding of Scripture, a false gospel for eight and a half, almost nine years, uh, Hebrew Israelites. Um, and it was really by God's mercy that he saved me out of there. Uh, that was a that was a, a a big chunk of my life from the time I was 18 to 26, 27, um, and in in that I was as involved as you could be. Right, I was out on the street, the guy yelling at people that you see. I was that guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was um, being groomed to lead in that you know in that kind of setting, um, teaching and things of that nature, and. Uh, what happened is over a long period of time, slowly but surely, the Lord showed me by my own personal experience and by also observation of others that there was no power to overcome sin mm. in, in a false gospel, right? Because there is no spirit. Therefore, there is no sanctification because there is no finished work of Christ. Right. Right. And so all of these years and I realize I'm the same man that I was when I got into this. I'm no different. I may be on the outside, but inwardly, there's nothing different about me. Right. And then observing all the guys around me, they were progressively falling deeper and deeper into sin. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing that struck me. Like, you know, we're promised that we would be set free from the bondage of sin, and it's just not happening. It's just right. not here. Mm-hmm. There's no freedom here. Um, and then after some more time, um, that that was that's been that was tugging on me for a long while. And then uh, after some more time. Um, God really miraculously, um, you know, saved me. Um, I shared this on Cultish as well, where I, uh, it was at three o'clock in the morning, I'm driving to work and um, Mark 10 and 18 is just like on repeat in my head. And uh, I, at the time, I didn't believe in the deity of Christ. I didn't believe in uh, the Trinity or anything like that. And uh, it's specifically um, Christ saying there's none good but God. And most cults, anybody that doesn't believe in the Trinity, they use that to to disprove the deity of Christ. Look, mm. Christ's right there. He's saying there's none good but God. And uh, for the first time, I, I I understood what was being said there, mm. right? So I was like, really, there's none good but God. There's none good but God. And I'm like, wait a second. Christ is obviously good. That's why he can save, right? He's, he, he calls himself the good shepherd. He has to be good, right? Uh, him that had no sin became sin on our behalf, right? Um, and he condemned sin in the flesh. So I'm, I knew just from, from my, f- my lack of understanding, I still knew that Christ had to be good. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then from there was, there's none good but God. Christ is God. And Christ is good. And therefore Christ is God. And it snapped literally in a moment, just mm-hmm. like that. Wow. wow. And, um, it was, it's, uh, words can't explain it. Yeah. Right. I was, uh, driving to work and I was, in, I was bawling on the way to work. I was in tears because I knew like I know a lot of people that like get into reformed theology later on. I there, I didn't know what was happening there, but once I started to understand what it was to be reformed, I was like, oh, that was a, I knew that because yeah. I know I didn't choose this. Right. Christianity was enemy number one for me mm. for a long time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Praise all cults, God. you know, their target is on Christianity. That's mm. what that's the target. Yeah. So uh, a long time, you know, it, it hasn't been that long. That's been three years. Three years since that took place, um, a, a lot of uh, picking up pieces, being ostracized totally by that community, and uh, you know, since we did some videos, they really, they really not liking me these days. Yeah, I bet. So um, that's been got, a whole journey, yes. but but God has been gracious, um, and now, um, uh, 
thanks to Matt. Um, I, I, you guys did a class. You did guys did a class here. Uh, it was an evangelism class, and um, I, I went out to the class, and I think it was like four. I believe it was four classes. And at the end, he was like, "Okay, we're gonna go out, and uh, we're gonna hand out tracks." And so I was doing that for a while, just out there handing out tracks. Um, I was very, I was very provoked because I know what I had done prior to being a Christian. Mm-hmm. I know that I attributed to, to. Uh, uh, the suppression of, of knowledge in people. I know I'd helped them suppress the knowledge of the truth because I was advocating this stuff. I was teaching people these things, you know? Part of the reason why I actually moved back to Arizona was because I felt uh, a sense of guilt in contributing to that uh, in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I taught people this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to come back and, and, and meet with these people and talk to them and share with them. And that didn't work so well. <laughs> they didn't want to hear, but a couple now, of them did. Where did you move to? I was in, so I was here, and then we moved to Michigan for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a there was a there was another congregation of that same organization I was a part of in Michigan. Oh, okay. So then, when I was saved, um, I I I was just praying as to what was next. Uh, this was like right at the start of COVID, mm-hmm. and I knew it was time for us to go, and I didn't know exactly where. So I was praying about that, and that's when the Lord laid on my heart. Well, go back to where this started. Go back to where you've done damage yeah. and try to reconcile some of those things. And so came back here and, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, going out with Matt, one day he actually physically tapped me on the shoulder. He said some, <laughs> he felt the tap on the shoulder. He actually tapped me and yeah. said, all right, your turn. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah, go. <laughs> and from that point, I've, I've been out there every day. Amen. So, uh, Praise yeah. God. Amen. Praise God. It's beautiful. And it's so That's cool, fun. like you said, God used, even through the Hebrew Israelites at eight years, you look like a Hebrew Israelite preaching the gospel, <laughs> meaning that, you know, you got used to dealing with confrontation for sure. your faith, the faith, the face, even projecting yourself, yeah. mm-hmm. articulating what your message is. And so that has just gone into your gospel witness, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. he was actually saying that when I was first starting, he was like, I just want to come up on the side of you and start reading really loud because that's how they do it. There's one guy reading and one guy talking. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but I think definitely God has used that. I, I, I was explaining to a brother he was asking me about like you know you've only been a christian for you know a few years mm-hmm. um but it doesn't look like it yeah you know and i was like well god did a lot of back work with me mm-hmm. like even though i wasn't a christian i spent an inordinate amount of time in the scripture mm-hmm. right not properly understanding it right. but once god put christ in the proper place he was the cornerstone mm-hmm. all the other stuff fell into place wow you know yeah. what i mean so exactly right Cool. Amen. So you guys said, you know what? We're going to continue to go on the street, go over to Mill Avenue, right. go to First Fridays, mm-hmm. go to the strip clubs, mm-hmm. uh, and now you want to start a podcast. That's so right. What's it called, and what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish through it? Well, uh, we want to reach the whole world for the gospel. <laughs> that's good. Uh, so that's a, that's a minor goal. You know? <laughs> uh, that's a little but one. <laughs> it's called Two Witnesses Podcast, okay. and with a number two. Don't do two do two W O T W O yeah <laughs> two yeah and so uh, it's something I wanted to do a long long time ago and I never just got it together to do that I was too busy working mm-hmm. but then of course Oscar comes along and I start talking to him about some of this mm-hmm. and he said he wanted to do one too yeah I said let's join forces well you guys <laughs> both have like fantastic voices for. Yeah. for podcasting i think you oh, both awesome. like, thank you very much you're, you're welcome <laughs> and uh, like just you know street preaching obviously mm-hmm. you guys, right. your voices carry so it's yeah. awesome. awesome well we're we're just thrilled and blessed uh we've we're just starting so mm-hmm. we have only a few shows under our belt at this time yeah mm-hmm. but uh we're doing more we're going to shoot another one friday for our, our part two of our mormon conversation that mm-hmm. we're having oh yeah with two uh they're not elders they're mm-hmm. actually Mature men in in their Mormonism okay. in, in their thirties, and they're uh-huh. very well educated. Yeah, you know, but the, it's amazing. You got to watch it. I, okay, I've watched, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was watching you guys, and I was really impressed by uh, their their demeanor too. They really seemed genuine and mm-hmm. wanting mm-hmm. to learn, and uh, yeah. I was really blessed by the conversation. I was saying it's the it's the most open, honest conversation I've ever had with Mormons. By far, ever, mm-hmm. by far, it's good. By far, so. especially a lot of uh, a lot of the elders, they're not elders, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> they're children. They're not prepared to, <laughs> you know, answer or ask the kind of questions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that kind of environment where we pre-submit questions, 
there's no surprises. They know what we're going to talk sure, about. Give yeah. them time to prepare. Yeah. Um, it just allowed it to be very fruitful in that way. That's so, great. That awesome. And you're not jerks too. Yeah. Right. That's that always a, yeah. that's always we're, good. Yeah. We're, helps. we're genuinely having a good time there yeah, yeah, with them, sure. and we're yeah, sure. laughing and enjoying our time there. But we're getting to very deep subjects, mm-hmm. and we're coming to the great understanding that they don't even know really what they believe. Right. There is no solid ground whatsoever. Their God changes. Mm-hmm. He changes his mind. Mm-hmm. I asked them if, if these truths are eternal. Mm-hmm. They said, yes, 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 but until the next prophet changes them. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they're not eternal. Yes, but we can't know them. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. That's exciting. Well, I mean, I feel like you guys have unique giftings, and I just pray that, you know, the Lord uses that to encourage his church you know it's mm-hmm. it's really cool to hear both of your your testimonies and i'm excited to see how this podcast goes mm-hmm. yeah it's so awesome. while you're sitting there watching this youtube video go over to two witnesses podcast and press Hits. the subscribe button are you guys are on youtube right yes, yes. okay yeah, good. youtube and facebook okay how about on uh pod apple podcast yet no not yet not yet yeah. okay sweet so yeah. people fish around youtube for hours and hours and hours and hours and uh they're gonna come past your you know podcast and they're going to say why should i subscribe you mm-hmm. know what am i going to get out of this so w- what can what can you forecast into the future like what are you going to bring to the table one of the things that was a burden on my heart was the again because i'm been doing so much evangelism and and trying to get people involved in it was the big thing mm-hmm. a, a previous church i attended it was absolutely pulling teeth to get people out there on the street right the other weekend a, fr- a friday we had 27 Apologians out there. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and night, first and Friday? Da- not first Friday, not but Friday. it was, it was a Saturday. Saturday. Sorry, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday yeah. Middle yeah. Avenue. 27. Mm-hmm. I was like almost in tears, you know, yeah. because the contrast is amazing when mm-hmm. they have a church and a, a church leaders who are burning with wanting to get the message out mm-hmm. to people and, and you know, right. reach the loss. It, it trickles down to us. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, so thrilled by uh, the amount of people. But what we're trying to do is, it's, we want to encourage people through the podcast. We want to encourage them to come out and start evangelizing themselves, you know, maybe handing out tracts, you know, they don't necessarily have to go in the box and preach, Mm -hmm. but if they want to, you know, we will help train them in that. And what we plan on doing with the podcast is kind of chalk talking videos of encounters, discussions Mm -hmm. that we would have Mm -hmm. and, and preaching to break it down and give people a greater understanding, hopefully having less fear about what you have to actually discuss with people you know that that's the number one factor is a fear factor Mm -hmm. and i don't know what to say when i get out there yeah well you can come out and pray Mm -hmm. you can come out and hand out a track it's they're not going to bite you yeah you know and and then learn from what's going on right and i have this good quote actually just reminded me of what you said it's uh it's ray comfort um and it says what motivates us more the more the fear of man or the fear of god if we fear man more than we fear god we don't see god see God in truth. We see the Lord as less than a man, and this is proven by those who we obey. A.W. Tozer said, an idol of the mind is as offensive to God as an idol of the hand. Oh, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Good Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. What yeah. about you? What do you want to accomplish? So I think my, you know, as we came together and we talked about this, uh, we both shared that burden of uh, equipping the body. I think when you look at the greater, you know, the evangelical church, I really feel like evangelism is the underbelly mm-hmm. of the church. I feel like everyone knows that it's there, but no one wants to look at it. Mm-hmm. And um, a- apology is a is an oddity in, in that regard, mm-hmm. right? M- most churches, they don't have. And I talk to people from other churches, and that's one of my first questions when I ask them. Um, there's even some people from, from other churches that come out with us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, yeah, no one's supporting this. They're like, hey, yeah, we want to go evangelize. And they give you a tap on the shoulder, like, good job with that. You know, yeah. we'll pray for you. Right. And that's kind of the whole of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so not just encouraging, you know, individuals, but also encouraging churches to support and to equip their people. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we do classes here where, where this is the focus to go and prepare the body to share the gospel. So I would say um, the significance of it. Right. We have it. And it's not just like it's a good idea, something that we should do, but we're commanded to do this. Mm-hmm. Right? This right. is a command of Christ. So, number one, the op- the, the obligation um, the obligation of sharing the faith, the significance of it, right? Um, I would say methodologies behind it, you know, uh, the way that you, you should do it, different methodologies, uh, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to talk about in that regard. And then um, I would say the benefit of it, the fruit of it, because I have 
seen how sanctifying it is, mm. right? So when you have people out there, th- there's there's few things that motivates the study of scripture like serving mm-hmm. and working and laboring for the Lord, right? Because you have to be prepared right. to share, right? And in order to share, you have to be reading your Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. And when yeah, you get man. those questions you don't know, you're exactly. forced to go to the scriptures right. and find so that right. you can find the answer and, and for the next time yep. be prepared and like you so said. So every time we go out, I have homework. Yeah. I go back, even if no one's asking me a question, I'm thinking about something that I'm preaching. I'm like, right. okay, I got to go check into that. I need to go figure out, you know, yeah. what to say in this regard. And we have to be ready. Yeah. We have to be ready to give a defense. We have to be ready to share. And, and so hand in hand, uh, apolo- uh, evangelism and apologetics, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's our heart is to, yeah. to share and equip people in that regard. I have a question real quick. Uh, so I just saw it posted recently uh, um, about how social media is the new soapbox, right? And mm-hmm. that it's just more effective than face-to-face evangelism. But I would have to say, uh, I, w- I would say, obviously, uh, we know social media is a huge blessing and you can reach for a sure. lot of people for uh, sure. all for God's glory. And I think it's wonderful. But there is something about looking someone in the face and talking to them and that you can't get when you're evangelizing, right. you know, via via Facebook or whatever social media platform. So what would you say uh, to that just in your experience? Like. Well, it's it's just incredible. I mean, every single time it's a it's a new experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and different people, but you know that they are deeply lost. Their worldview is skewed, mm-hmm. and you need to know that they have uh, that void in their life. They they're they're trying to run their own direction. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do it their own way. Their their pride, and it's it's kind of a voice of clarity that we're bringing to them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, almost like a splash of cold water in the face type of thing, Mm -hmm. because people don't really spend the time thinking about their worldview. They don't spend time analyzing, well, how do I really think right Right. and wrong Mm -hmm. is here and why is it here? You know, they don't do that. So they just go on their life, you know, whistling past the graveyard, so to speak, thinking it's not going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. So we bring a sense of urgency to their lives Mm -hmm. and really question what they're thinking and how their perspective is of their, their world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you think about it like a like a, a setting, like a classroom, right? Mm-hmm. You could teach a bunch of people and it could be very effective and a lot of people can learn from it and they can benefit from it. But one-on-one interaction, nothing can replace one-on-one interaction. Mm-hmm. So like even going out and proclaiming the word is, is a great blessing, but mm-hmm. I like to talk to people personally, right? Right. So if we're, so if there's any time that we don't actually preach, it's because we're having a lot of conversations right? Mm-hmm. and the preaching stimulates the conversations. Yeah. So while one person is preaching, then people start surrounding and then everyone else goes to talk to those guys. Right. You know what I mean? So nothing can replace that. Right. I know just in my own, you know, walk in salvation, like my brother, you know, is the one that shared the gospel with me and it took him, God using him and really going through the hard questions with me and, and looking in his face and knowing that he loved me Mm. and cared for my soul, but cared about me enough to share the truth. It wasn't, you know, some abstract preacher. It was somebody who, Love the Lord, fear the Lord, and cared for my soul. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. There's nothing like face-to-face interaction and right. one-on-one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think in the <clears throat> in the best of the worlds, best of worlds, um, parachurch ministries, podcasts like this wouldn't exist mm. because it'd be the job of the pastors, the elders, the local churches to be doing what we're trying mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. is to equip churches. Yeah. But we sense a major deficiency gotcha. within the American evangelical church, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... They say, and you're always like, who are they? But only 2% of professing American evangelicals share their faith. Mm. That's millions upon millions of people, if you look at the numbers. So it's just not happening. So my question is, uh, why, according to your guys' perspective, why isn't the American American evangelical church evangelizing? Yeah, they, for some reason, (laughs) I don't understand it. They don't take the Great Commission seriously. Fear, man. Yeah, it's, it's all directed at us believers it's our call you know our marching orders basically and we don't take it seriously we want like we were talking about the the pastor is the one who's going to be saving the people so we bring them to church and that's our evangelism right when i was in that big mega church it was visiting people that visited the church with a gift bag and that one word of the gospel Mm -hmm. just inviting them to church next sunday and that we thought we were evangelizing right you know and that's the problem 
is that they don't see that it is a call on their life individually as a Christian. That's part of the uniform. You get it. Mm. You're, that's part of what you do. Yeah. And you're you're motivated and you're, you have the strength to do it because of the Spirit of God in you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to bring at one point, you mentioned Ray Comfort. Yeah. One other thing he mentioned, he said, what we need to do is not fear less, but love more. That's right. Mm. Yeah. You know, I and that, that, that was my motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a, a reach group with a men, Bible study, mm-hmm. I call it the heart of evangelism. Uh-huh. And that was my main thing that I wanted to bring about is that we need to really have a love for these people right. that will motivate us. My wife and I, Brianna, we, mm-hmm. we wind up uh, praying over that Bible study to get, you know, to help people see that, yeah. you know, and know that unless you have love, love for the Lord first yeah. and then love for others, you're, you're not going to be doing the work that you should be doing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Right. I would say uh, biblical illiteracy. I would say there mm-hmm. is a lack of mm-hmm. the knowledge of God mm-hmm. uh, that is, uh, there's a great deficiency there. Mm-hmm. And it and it starts with people not reading their Bibles. Right. And and I think that's all directed from the pulpit. It's, it's you know, not expository preaching where you're digging into the word and you're, you're feeding the sheep. And what happens there is you have a, a lack of the knowledge of, of God's holiness. You have a lack of understanding of Christ's efficiency. You start to lack the understanding of man's depravity and how much he needs the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Everything shifts uh, uh, the wrong way in that regard, right? Um, and so things like things like sharing the gospel don't become, I mean, they, they, they aren't uh, regarded as, as highly as they are in scripture because people aren't reading the scripture. Right. People aren't in their Bibles in the way that they should be. Um, uh, I think it's uh, Machen. Machen talks about um, one of the, the the worst things that could happen to the church is a lack of understanding of God's law, mm-hmm. right? Because everything starts with the law in the sense that that's how we that's how we know that we're sinners. Mm-hmm. That's how we know that we need the gospel, and that's where Christ comes in and saves the day. But if you have a lack of understanding of God's holiness, yeah. right, and his and his righteous standard then everything else, the gospel is not as necessary. Right. You know, people are all right. You know, they go to church on Sunday. They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me think of the Catholic church, right? Because right. they withhold the scriptures from the right. sheep. You know? right. Yeah, you touched on a really good point. I want to ask you guys about this. So you said uh, you went to a mega church and the pastors said, okay, well, evangelism is going and giving somebody a gift basket. <laughs> so what we've seen is a, is a reducing of what biblical evangelism is. It's a For redefining sure. of right. sure. the biblical example, biblical terms, right. uh, just the theological tr- truths. I think somebody said, you know, if um, the church or church doctrine were like a wax uh, face, then evangelism would be the wax nose that mm-hmm. we kind of twist mm-hmm. according to what we want. So why do we do that? Why do we and you look at the scriptures, you look at the examples of evangelism, it's very simple. Mm. I mean, go out to the lost and share the gospel. You see it all through the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. They went out proclaiming and then God was adding to their numbers. Mm-hmm. Why have we distorted evangelism uh, to the point that we have in our nation and why are we okay with it? Yeah, I think a lot of, like touching on what Oscar was saying about uh, biblical literacy, I think that is a main thing in what we what we see at least on the street mm-hmm. almost everyone who questions what we're doing mm-hmm. or has any kind of doubt or, or is a skeptic it's all based on questioning whether the bible is truly the word of god mm-hmm. it is it's a huge thing the believers the christians the so-called believers that come yeah. out the same thing they question what the word of god is saying and is it truly his word right and so there's a ton of that going on. It's absolutely a plague in Christianity. They don't believe the word. They don't read the word. You know, we have people, yeah, I read the Bible. Yeah, you've read maybe one or two verses possibly, right. but not the whole thing. Yeah. So it, that's our, yeah, again, our great yeah. desire to encourage people to read. I mean, one of the greatest, I'm not, no boasting here, but the, one of the greatest blessings of my life was when I made the commitment to read the Bible through every year. Yeah. And now I'm on my 12th year now. Yeah. And it's, I can't get enough. Right. You know, it's still not enough. So you've read, that means he's read it 12 times. Yeah. I have every verse read 12 times at least. Yeah. That's That's awesome. (laughs) Any thoughts about why we distort it? Yeah. I think that, um, uh, part of that is, I think it, it, it starts with, um, American evangelicalism, not in, in the large part, not considering the world to be, to belong to Christ, right? Right. There's an advocating of of the obligation to go out and to speak into the world because 
they don't consider there's a there's there's a separation right between Christ's authority in the church and then the world mm-hmm. right and so Christians they a lot of Christians they don't see the world as his stomach they don't say it's, mm-hmm. it's not his right. right so we can uh, you know go to church on Sunday we can worship and these could be people who are faithful Christians but they have a lack of understanding of what Christ says about his authority that all of it is his yeah. right and so they don't you know, we are going out as, as as heralds to go proclaim to the people, not that you should accept Christ, but that Christ right now is your king, mm-hmm. right? And you yeah. should surrender, right? So most Christians, they don't have that view. Yeah. Most Christians are like, oh, you know, well, you know, you could give them a try, try them out. And uh, they don't even do that. Right. Because if it's just a matter of trying them out, then they're like, oh, well, let's just kind of live in a certain way and show forth our faith. Yeah. rather than uh, offending people. Right. Everyone wants to be nice and no one wants to tell anybody that they're sinners. Right. You know, so. Yeah. And and just to clarify, we're we're not speaking like, oh, we share the gospel and so we're so, uh, you know, but we're saying this as fellow brothers and sisters who love the bride and just want to encourage because I was that person. Mm. I still I still struggle with fear of man and man pleasing it really the lord yeah. i have to ask god to give me strength every day for that because it's just part of my fallen nature that i hate offending people yeah. and i hate when people that i love are angry with me and so it's really something that it's i have tough, to walk yeah. out so we're not sitting back saying like oh we're so professional <laughs> evangelists <laughs> we're so great we're just saying hey uh, no, this is, if we, we can do it, you guys can do it. And when you love the Lord and you love the lost, it's just a natural fruit of that, right? Can, can yeah. I say something? Did you like my British accent? One of the things, I, I don't want to speak for Oscar, but I think most evangelists who truly love the Lord are going out there and sharing their faith. Yeah. They, I, at least I feel this way, that it's, it's almost a selfish thing in a way mm-hmm. because I get such a blessing in doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it just is amazing. I, I you know, I want to go because I want to, I want to be obedient. Number one, because mm. I love the Lord yeah. and I love people, yeah. but it, I'm also getting something out of it. I'm not trying to sell it mm-hmm. in the sense that, well, you're going to get this gift of you. Evangelize. Yeah. No, it's just the reality of right. it. You're being obedient, you know, to God's word and you're yeah. following through on it yeah. and living it. And it's, it just winds up being, you know, yeah. a credible blessing. Yeah, there's blessing in yeah. serving. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? you're yeah. sanctified in your service. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. True that. <laughs> um, yeah, like we're not we're not sitting over here saying, look at us and we've got it all You are. Out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, He's sitting up right now. <laughs> if only you guys would do it like me. <laughs> no, but I think what you, like we had said initially is we've been given a great commission. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus died for our sins. Can you imagine electing us into the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Um, how could we not want to obey? Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be like a guy, you take your kids to the mall and uh, get some food, get some lunch or something, go see a movie. And uh, some guy shoots up the mall and a guy jumps in front of your child to save your child's life, takes a bullet. Mm-hmm. I mean, how you would venerate him Absolutely. and honor him for the rest of your life. Just mm-hmm. a simple man. And you think about the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. How could we not say, okay, I mean, for all that you've given me, justification and glorification, sanctification and eternity with you, like you're saying, true liberty and freedom. How could we not give our life to this yeah. Christ? Yeah. But Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, I'll obey my commands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, obedience is not in just lip service, it's right. not in, oh, I feel good about what you've given to me, but it's shown in my activity of obedience. So how could we not do it? So I think it's okay to say there's, you know, there's, we need to course correct in our nation. If such a minuscule amount of professing Christians are actually obeying him, dealing with a pretty big issue when it comes to the status of people's souls, Mm -hmm. getting the gospel out, which is the only means of salvation. That's why we want to do it. We want to see people saved. Mm -hmm. How could we not do this if it's Mm -hmm. really based upon the eternity of of our folks, of our neighbors around us. That's right. that's what drives us. Um, I think too, just like reflecting on what God has saved you from and mm-hmm. that, you know, we don't, we don't have to go on, on judgment day and face him and be held accountable for our sins. Mm-hmm. We are covered in Christ's righteousness, you right. know, and just reflecting on that and really the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and just the love that pours out for God because of what he saved us from. Yeah. And you think about what is the character quality that God highlights 
when we stand before him for mm-hmm. his servants. Right. Well done, good and faithful. Mm-hmm. It's just about being faithful. Right. That's it. If we can get that in our minds, it solves a lot of problems, especially pastors. I won't take a bunny trail, but we feel like we have to be so many things other than just a faithful pastor. You know, I got to be this and that and what people expect me to be. I got to be a comedian, a CEO or, you know, whatever. I'm just called to be faithful as a biblical, the biblical definition of a pastor and that's all I need to be. Yeah. Right. If I could say something really quick about that, um, I was um, studying the life of um, Whitfield, who is probably the greatest evangelist, one of the greatest evangelists that the church has ever seen. And um, studying Whitfield and uh, studying the reformers, um, what what I I noticed is a lot of times we look at these guys as if they're just like just the most amazing guys ever, Mm -hmm. right? But you study their lives and you see that they're ordinary people. And they just read their Bibles, they mm-hmm. believed it, mm-hmm. and they shared it. That's Calvin. Yeah, and it literally changed the world. Yeah. I mean, you have the Reformation, you have the Great Awakening, <clears throat> you have the, the founding of this nation, mm-hmm. you have the ending of slavery. All of these things come from people who faithfully applied the Word of God to their lives and shared it. And I just think that that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And he gets all the God. glory. Yeah. 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 What is that quote? You know, preach the gospel, die, be forgotten, all glory to God. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's we want to accomplish. And if we have any other motive to use Christ as just a, or religious things or Christianity as, as a springboard for our own glory, yeah. it's all going to be burned up to nothing, right? Because right. you know? right. he right. gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what do you guys think about reform theology as it relates to yeah, evangelism? How important is it? What well, do you guys think? Yeah. Before I was reformed, I knew nothing. <laughs> no, no. Before I was reformed, I was going out and evangelizing because I believed the Great Commission. That was it. And I, I saw that, you know, people either Christ is going to come soon or people are going to die, but they're definitely going to die, right. you know, so they need to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. So that was my motivation. Once I became reformed, it lit the fire even brighter mm-hmm. in me. And, and I just saw that absolutely these people need to know the authority of god what you're saying before that he's king mm-hmm. and and ruler oscar you know like you were saying yeah the whole thing was that they need to be submissive to the lordship of christ and that he is their lord whether they acknowledge him as lord or not right yeah. and so we're being there waking them up to that but that was a really major thing for me once I became reformed was understanding that sovereignty of God. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to go around screaming it out to everybody. Right. God is sovereign over everything, you know, right. every molecule. And so that made a, a major, you know, upturn yeah. in that. Definitely. Right. There's two things I would say about that. One is um, I, when it comes to reformed theology, it, it to me, I think it's why we, everyone will reform people love the Puritans, mm-hmm. right? It's because they take these, these great theological truths that are like floating in the air, mm-hmm. they're like abstract, and then they apply them, they make them practical, mm-hmm. right? Into every aspect of their lives, and then it radically changes their lives and it changes cultures. And I think that's what we need, that's the mind that we need going into uh, the public square, mm-hmm. is that these things mean something in real time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They, they have, they have a practical uh, application to be applied right now, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, that and 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 uh, taking that into account and and, and thinking about that uh, about God's sovereignty, wh- what it really does for me is there is no failure, right? God is sovereign. Everybody He wants to reach with the gospel message, they will be they will be reached. Um, now now because God is sovereign, that doesn't give us uh, an excuse not to go out, right. right? But God is using us as a means to accomplish the end that He wants. So. Um, Every time we go out there, it's a success because we're going out there proclaiming the gospel. God is glorified. So mm-hmm. I think if you don't have that grounding of Reformed theology, you go out there looking to see uh, not just plant seeds, but to see the fruit. And if you don't see the fruit, it seems like a failure. I could have said this differently. I could have did this. Maybe mm-hmm. if I said that, that person would be saved. Yeah. Knowing that God is sovereign, you're free from the, from any of that um you know, any of that weight on the your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Amen. Yeah. Speaking of practical, um, you know, applying a practical application, I wanted to ask what your guys' um, 
feedback and kind of uh, advice you would give to our listeners about Christmas is coming up and this is a time that, you know, you get together with people, your loved ones that you don't always see maybe once a year. And a lot of the temptation is just to, you know, get along and you only see these people once a year. And so you don't want to ruffle any feathers, but we don't know if we're going to see these people next year. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we love them, we're going to share the truth with them. So what practical um, tips would you give to evangelizing to family uh, <laughs> during the holiday season? Well, always speak the truth in love. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then I would say something to the effect of maybe if you, there's a loved one that you want to really talk to, maybe pull them off to the side. So it's not a thing a spectacle that's going in front of the you know the family sure. and standing that's, on the, wise. the yeah. standing wise, on the, sure. the table with a drumstick you know you guys need to get saved <laughs> <laughs> maybe just pull up and did I've you done, see him so you know i just pull someone off to the side and have yeah. a little conversation how, how's your life going that's with one of my brothers my brother has five sons mm -hmm. okay my mormon brother and one of them called me one time and just asked, you know, it was, I asked him how his life was going, mm -hmm. which would be a great question to yeah. someone that you've not seen in a while. Yeah. And he just opened up. He said, ah, things are not too great. Kind of lost direction. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you mind if we talk about faith right now? Because yeah. I have some things to say. He said, sure. Yeah. We had a two and a half hour conversation. Wow. Wow. You awesome. know, I got to share the gospel with him Praise and all this. It was just wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, I think something like that would be appropriate. Yeah. Gentle yeah. and quiet spirit. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I agree. I think, um, I think one thing that I would add to that is I think we need to be praying for those opportunities. Right. We need mm -hmm. to be praying for wisdom and discernment. We need to be <clears> praying <throat> for, for, for hearts that are open to hear it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, when the opportunity comes, we need to be ready to and prepared to 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 give a witness. Yeah, um, I think it's a the holiday season is a is a springboard of those kind of conversations. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're gathering together, yeah. you know, for the incarnation. This is what this is about, right? Um, and if no one's talking about it, then you know it's kind of missing the point. Yeah. And so I would say, everyone knows uh, whether they're Christian or not. They know what Christmas is about, mm -hmm. and I think that just gives us an opportunity to speak. And so again, I would use wisdom and discernment, but I would I would really take it to heart to pray about those opportunities mm -hmm. because, again, God is sovereign. Yeah. yeah. What would you say, Zach? With the family? Yeah, just with family or friends. You know, people that you that you don't always get to see. Like, what would you? What would your advice be? Yeah, I don't know if I can add to what these guys just said because I think they were so balanced in their response, especially. Yeah. You know, not not uh, clubbing them over the head, which is typically a selfish motive, mm -hmm. right? Sure. It's just yeah. like I need to do this. I and I understand the motive is I want to obey God, but I think it's selfish when you just you're not really considering who they are mm -hmm. and the state of affairs. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's you have to use tact. You know, we do the best that we can. We want to be winsome and we want to be clever about how we do it. And that's yeah. inviting them into a conversation to where we're listening and they're hearing and not necessarily us just proclaiming. And that can, it's tough for open our preachers like we are because <clears throat> hours and hours and hours of vitriol, sure. hatred, abuse, you're not really exchanging. It's just you letting it out, declarative evangelism, which evangelism is primarily is. But sometimes I can work against us in a conversational yeah. setting, which yeah. I think is sure. the most fruitful just to, okay, I'm going to listen and I'm actually going to be concerned and I'm going to, you know, um, have a dialogue back and forth and not presume that they understand, they understand everything. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just a lot of jerkiness in uh, evangelism out there. And it's something that we have to dispel yeah. because it doesn't lead to any fruitfulness of any yeah. kind. Yeah. Thank you guys. So, yeah. I'm praying that you guys have a great podcast, but I thought Thank I'd you. put you to the heat a little bit okay. and I'm going to ask you questions <laughs> and they need short responses. Short, so the okay. challenge, because okay. you know, you get these, they'll blurt it out yeah, and you only have a couple seconds. Right. That's true. I'll give you a little bit longer than a couple seconds, but these are some of the questions that you are going to hear when you go out. Like a like a Yeah. Yeah. But they Okay. Here you go. You both answer short quick concise mm -hmm. this is to help you as you go out there in the uh, in the culture why should i care about what the bible says well because it's the absolute truth of god it's god inspired god breathed scripture that speaks into your life right now your reality it comports with reality and so you need to hear this right. i would say apart from the bible you can't understand anything apart from god's a word that grounds all of reality 
everything is nonsense, right? And uh, if you want to know or understand anything, you'll have to come to uh, a knowledge of Scripture. Bonson, yeah. he's smiling down at you. Um, how do you he's know the Bible's God's word? It's been revealed to us. It's been revealed to every single human being that it is, that God is real and that's his word. I would say Romans chapter one tells us that God is angry with sinners every day and they have no excuse. They have no apologetic uh, for their lack of belief in God's word. So I would say that's grounded in scripture and, and God has given us a supernatural understanding of that, you know, in our saving and our regeneration. They're suppressing the knowledge of truth if you don't believe it, but that does not give you an excuse not to believe. Nice. Uh, why is God invisible? Why can't we see him? Why doesn't he just show up right now and ex just reveal himself? You wouldn't believe him anyway if you did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he had showed up in his son <laughs> yeah. 2,000 years ago. Right. Amen. Amen. That's yeah. like a gangster with yeah. the glasses. That's right. I like what, uh, what, what, uh, when Christ is given that story in uh, Luke, I can't remember what chapter it is, and he's, uh, it's Abraham, it's in Abraham's bosom, and he says, um, he, he says exactly that. He says, uh, let me uh, send them to my brothers, right? So that they may believe. And he says, they have the prophets. And even if somebody did come from the dead, they wouldn't believe. So uh, again, God is not, God doesn't need to show up to give you evidence. You already know, mm -hmm. right? God is immaterial. He doesn't make himself out of his things, right? He came in the, in the, in the person and image of Christ. And um, he's revealed himself in that way. That's what Amen. he chose to reveal himself. Good. Last one. Yeah. Your God is a moral monster. He, he, what about babies with cancer and he promotes slavery? Mm. There's a purpose in everything that God does. And explain to me, sir, what is your reason for that too? Mm -hmm. I want to know what you, I, and I turn it back around a lot of times yeah. with people. Yeah. What is your reason for death right. and suffering? Is it senseless or does right. there purpose behind it all? Mm -hmm. That's Dr. White answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would say, what is your standard to say that he is morally a monster? Mm -hmm. What is your reference mm -hmm. point to point to and say, God did this wrong? I think we understand a sense of morality because we're made in God's image. Uh, we are the pot. We can't ask God why he's doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But just to ask that question, just to ask that, you're begging the question of an ultimate standard by which you're trying to judge God mm -hmm. instead of understanding that you're under the judgment of God. What do you think? Awesome. Good. <laughs> I think uh, I'm excited to hear more of your guys' podcasts. It's going to be great. Awesome. No, I'm, t I'm totally excited. I'm glad we did this, and yeah. I pray that God uses it well. Anything else you want to say before we well, sign off just really thank you for the opportunity yeah. well, really thank you appreciate guys it no. out with us say today. the same thing we, we really appreciate it um we really want to um we really just want to be served you know we want to serve and we want to be of use to the body so any any opportunity we get to speak about these things we, we jump at it yeah sure. two <laughs> witnesses podcast yeah. so Go up there on the thingy search engine. It's right up here. <laughs> Two Witnesses Podcast. Go to it. Subscribe. Mm -hmm. And let's give these guys support because we do need guys uh, helping the body mm -hmm. to uh, witness. Absolutely. Before we sign off, um, Gabe the Babe. <laughs> has, can, you, can you hear me, Gabe? Hey, um, he's, we love Gabe. Mm -hmm. he, put the, he put all these cameras together. He's such a servant here and an awesome brother. His dad has been in uh, abortion mill ministry. How long, Gabe? 30 years, right? Whoa. Wow. Yeah, I think it's 30 years. How old are you? You're 20. Yeah, so 30 years, three decades wow. out in front of the mills. Mm -hmm. And uh, guys like that, because we do that regularly, just they earn a place of stature, at least in my mind, as far as respect, For you know, sure. I mean, constantly out there in that horrible environment, trying to save these babies, spending their life and their time on the earth. Um, but he had just unexpectedly uh, been diagnosed with B cell lymphoma mm -hmm. and he's battling cancer. Mm -hmm. So what you can do, and we're going to attach it to provoked. We're going to do this right after this, but you can go and support him. Please pray for him, pray for his recovery, mm -hmm. pray for his healing, but you can also give to, so you'd be able to press on the uh, GoFundMe link that we're going to link to our Facebook, but please be praying for uh, Dennis Green, that is Gabe's dad. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Well, thanks so much. I'm gonna end in prayer for Dennis, but we just wanna let you know that we love you guys mm -hmm. and uh, follow these guys and go out and preach the gospel. Yeah, and thank you guys for sticking it out, even though we're not really consistent in you know, getting our stuff out, but you know, life happens. We're busy, you're yeah. a pastor, dad, I'm a mom, and you know, we're just thankful for the time that we do get, but we're hoping to do some exciting interviews uh, this upcoming year. Yeah. Things um, are going to get back on track. We just uh, maybe. had to move. And yeah. Had some that. health 
issues, issues going but on. It'll get but, back on track. Yeah, yeah, but we've got we've got some stuff in the pipeline, and uh, but we're just thankful to all our faithful listeners, and we still get messages all the time. I'm like. We haven't even put anything out barely, but we have people that are listening. And so I'm just thankful for that. And but if you're waiting for, for us, just go listen to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And we love you because you're gracious and you're good. You're good. You are good. And you can hear our prayers. We, we know that they avail because of your goodness and your righteousness given to us. But we do lift up Dennis to you. We uh, pray that you would heal his body of this cancer. We trust you in all your doings because of all, all your doings towards your children are, are good. We pray that uh, you would give them financial resources to battle this. But we do pray in our own finite wisdom, Lord, that you would heal him completely of this. Help the family as they go through, especially uh, this holiday time when this was unexpected to come out of the blue. I know um, it's stressful and brings about fear. So I pray in the midst of this, you would comfort the family uh, heal him and help them. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you, bros. Thank that was you excellent. Guys. You are made so for awesome. podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are good. Really, really Amen. great. Really articulate.